0: You're listening to an Airwave Media podcast.
1: ABC tonight. Special Agent Will Trent, Georgia Bureau investigation. I told him I'd bring my best. Will sees things that no one else does.
0: Based on the New York Times best selling series.
2: But why Will
1: Trent? He's good police, and he's objectively hot. See crime. Put out an Amber Alert. There's a kidnapping. Through his eyes, he read that crime scene like it was a
0: book. Ramon Rodriguez is. I'm a pretty observant guy. Will Trent. Series premiere tonight, tonight Central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey there, and welcome to Fan Theory Queries, where we analyze fan theories from all over the internet, but mostly Reddit. It's Laura. It's Laura.
2: I'm Michael.
1: <laughs> it's Spencer. It's Pat. Oh, wait, that's. I can't stop. I can't talk about that movie. It's wrong. It's Pat. <laughs> it's Flubber.
0: <laughs> it's been a day. Oh, it's been a day, guys. Spencer, yeah. just go ahead. Just uh, get going.
1: <laughs> she Hulk. We watched the episode of She Hulk. The new one? Was good. Okay, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I loved it. It was my favorite episode of the series. Yep, yeah, me too. Uh, it was finally interesting. Uh, okay, this theory. Uh, fun fact: we are. This is. Uh, this, this is bizarre. This is mind blowing. We're recording episode forty three, guys. I know. Wow, forty three. It it took us forty three. It took us forty two episodes to do another Back to the Future fan oh, theory. Oh man, I didn't even realize last episode
2: was number forty two. We should have done a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy theory.
1: I don't get that reference, uh, but I do understand that our very first episode, Laura did an epi- uh, fan theory about Back to the Future that said Doc had already tested the time machine. DeLorean, before the events of the movie. Um, so if you were interested in that, go back to a very, very different format mm-hmm. of our first episode. I think we had like six each theories talked in about, episode, didn't we? we? each talked about two theories in a single episode in one hour. Yes, we've learned a lot very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And now it's sometimes hard to talk about one theory in 30 minutes. <laughs> so. All right. Anyway, speaking of, it's been a minute and 50 seconds already. This theory uh, from back about back to the future is by the author on Reddit called I sphincter <laughs> Marvin. Oh, I was gonna try to get by without these guys. Uh, I, right. I can't help it. The name of this theory is called Marvin and the starlighters are time travelers. Hmm. Uh, I love this theory, by the way. Okay in back to the future marvin berry and the starlighters headline the enchantment under the sea dance disaster strikes when marvin slices his hand attempting to let marty out of the trunk of their car following biff and his goons throwing him there fortunately marty was later able to stand in for marvin and play earth angel thus fulfilling the crucial hookup of his parents who dance and kiss to the song this is followed (laughs) This is followed by Marty's rendition of Johnny B. Good, which will go on to revolutionize the music industry. You know, it sure was a fateful coincidence that Marvin and the Starlighters happened to have been in their car taking a break from the dance at the exact time as Marty was cornered by Biff's goons. Or was it? I think there is ample evidence to show that Marvin and or the Starlighters were time travelers who were there at that dance, not only to play a killer set but rather among numerous possible motives to ensure that Marty was successful in his mission to reunite his parents, thus ensuring the safety and continuity of our very universe. <gasps> the TVA! The foremost... <laughs> Possibilities. Yeah. the foremost evidence for this is the technology that appears on stage with our, mus- our musicians at the dance. The guitar that Marvin hands Marty is a Gibson ES-345. That guitar isn't even created until 1958, years after the dance. Furthermore, the amplifier noise you hear when Marty kicks it over amid the onstage Johnny B. Goodgasm is impossible for an amplifier of that time period. Of that time period, it indicates the existence of a reverb tank, which wasn't invented yet. The guitar, in addition to not having been created yet, also contained features that weren't available until even later, namely a humbucking pickup. AKA a humbucker, which wouldn't have been commercially available for years. Despite the impossibility of those instruments, it is fortunate that they were there considering the music played was critical in bringing Marty's parents' lips together on the dance floor. Also, it has been noted that Marty clearly states that they are going to play Johnny B. Good in the key of B, but when they start playing, he is playing in the key of B flat. The Starlighters don't miss a beat and continue playing along with Marty Ooh. with a song and style of music that has never been heard before. Mm. And they do it flawlessly despite Marty saying the incorrect key. It's almost as if they knew exactly what they needed to do for the set to go off without a hitch. Now let's back up so when Biff's goons throw Marty in the trunk of a car, locked in the trunk, he could have done nothing to bring his parents together that night at the dance however what happens next defies logic the band was all sitting in the car at that exact point in time with the trunk wide open this doesn't really make much sense it's almost as if they were waiting there for marty they were in the exact right place at the right time to come to marty's aid and assist him on his quest after they chase off biff's racist goons they set out to open the trunk during that process marvin cuts his hand with a screwdriver but does he really maybe this is a ruse because they know marty stepping up on stage would ensure the success of his mission they were able to save the universe by helping marty complete his mission and also they were able to put the right person on the right stage at the right time to change the music industry forever remember the call marvin makes to chuck berry for that new sound he's been looking for Perhaps the continuity of the time-space continuum was dependent on Chuck Berry hearing Marty play that night. Or perhaps the time travelers stood to gain somehow from this added bonus of revolutionizing the music industry via time travel. Regardless of the motive, they saved Marty in the nick of time and without having been in the perfect place at the perfect time, Marty would cease to exist and perhaps the entire universe would have imploded. What were they even doing parked behind the gym like that with their trunk open? Surely they had a big truck or van or something to transport all the equipment. Where was it? Okay, I can jump
0: into that real quick of back in that time period. No, they probably didn't have a truck, especially if they were a little fledgling band that had to work regular day jobs. And they were having to pick up these high school prom gigs in the yeah. evening. Nope, no way they had a truck. And I'm. But they didn't have a van either. This seems very likely they would have been driving their own cars and had to pack everything in the trunk of the car.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's not a relevant I mean that's not a critical point to this theory. I don't think they should have like really emphasized that.
0: And then I yeah, have another well, question, sorry real quick. I thought that ahead. Marvin was Chuck Berry's cousin. I thought that was why He is. Exa- yeah, okay. I'm pretty so sure it's
2: stated in the movie that he is. Yeah,
0: That that's why he has his number and is able to call him about it.
2: Mm hmm. And I was gonna say, um, uh, at the point where they talk about how Marty states that they want to do John, or he wants to do Johnny be good and the key of B, and they start playing and they, they're able to go along with it despite Marty giving the incorrect key. That doesn't necessarily prove that they're time travelers that they know, knew it was going to happen. That just proves that they're great musicians and know how to think on the fly. That could be true, too.
1: But what about, I've known a lot of musicians, and that,
2: that's a big thing.
1: I mean, sure, if they can change key like that, but changing key on the fly along with playing in a style of music that no one's ever heard before, that's a little bit more hard to explain away. For the sake of the theory.
0: Remind me, so this is um, is the prom taking place in 1953? 55. 55. That's weird. Why does mm-hmm. he say many years later about 1958? I'm like, that's only three well, years rel- later.
1: <laughs> Relative. I mean, for a four-year-old, three years later is really a, a, a long time.
2: Okay. So you're so- admitting that this theory was written by a four-year-old?
1: Maybe. Maybe. I'm not meaning anything at this point. I'm playing my cards close to my face.
2: (laughs) I don't
0: really buy that, that by 1955, the style of music wasn't being heard anywhere. I mean, because a lot of roots of rock and roll uh, are A, with blues, but then B, they start in an underground uh, type of way and then become more popular. So I just have a feeling that like... Marvin and the Starlighters would have already been in touch with this style.
1: Well, if that's the case, why didn't he tell Chuck Berry about that already? Instead of calling him and telling him that it's the new sound he's been looking for.
0: I, I think if anything, if you remember how Johnny B. Good is, I mean, the guitar has all of the melody in the front and basically what you've got in the back is all rhythm. So they're just following along with the rhythm. So it had to have been the guitar sound. That's what I always assumed. Listening to the song that it was the way that Marty plays the guitar and the guitar sound and his style. That that's what's new. However, the rhythm in the back, that's standard. That's been going on for a while in music. Popular music at that point.
1: Interesting. Would you bet your life on it? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Mm, good thing you got a good insurance policy. Uh, okay. Um, but, fun theory nonetheless, yes? Any more uh, additions or uh, mean things to say before we move on to comments?
2: I mean, I it is a fun theory. Uh, there are definitely things that I see as flaws in the theory or things that they put emphasis on that aren't really that relevant. But... I I like the idea of it. I just am taking a a note from your book, Spencer, and Mm -hmm. finding things to tear down.
1: Good. Well, (laughs) it's less about finding things to tear down and more about uh, looking for logic. But let's go ahead and move on to – was that face?
0: Well, because I was was also going to say something about the fact that they're parked behind the gym. Wouldn't – Anybody that's not like a prom attendee or whatnot, like somebody who's working the event, would park around back, right? I mean, that just yeah. seems more logical to me. But it is well, kind of weird about I the don't... trunk sitting open. That is yeah. kind of funny. I... But at the same time, those cars, See... those had those latches for those kinds of things, mm-hmm. those could just break and come open easy.
1: But the, so, I don't think the point was that how weird is it that the cars parked behind the school? It was just that. It was the only... It just happened to be the one place that Biff's goons could have locked up Marty at that exact moment in time.
2: Yeah, for for me the, the trunk thing, really quickly um, whenever I watch this movie I always took it as like when, when you see them smoking, it doesn't look like normal cigarettes. I assumed that I, I probably shouldn't assume, but it, to me it looked like they were. <laughs> why, smoking, why are
1: you assuming that, Michael? Like they um, were smoking
2: weed. Okay. Yeah, you and can hold so that thought. Maybe, maybe that's why the trunk was open because that's where they had their weed stashed, and you're, they had just gotten it out and were. You're smoking. not
1: the. You're not the first to make that conclusion. Um, and what I'm, and I don't mean to, that by to say you're not clever. What I mean that to say is you have a gr- great point. Let's see what someone else has to say about that point as well. Okay. All right, so let's get to the comments here. Brandong, the band was in the car when Marty got put in the trunk because they were smoking weed. That's uh, why you see yep. smoke when they exit the car. And one of Biff's goons says, I don't want any trouble with any reaver heads or something like that. Yeah. Rest of the theory is pretty good though. Okay, so reaver heads. Or is it residual smoke from their time travel machine? <laughs> Next comment is from Rilak Mediums. Nice theory. Well fleshed out and with musical inconsistencies that I would never have even noticed. Just to put my two cents in, you asked, What were they even doing parked behind the gym like that with their trunk open? As I recall, when the band gets out of the car, a huge plume of smoke billows out. When I saw that part when I was a little older, I assumed they were out there getting high before the next set, smoking reefers, as they would have put in the 50s. As for the trunk being open, no idea. Maybe their weed was in the trunk. <laughs> maybe, they were just, maybe they were just stoned and forgot to close it whenever someone took something out of there. Yeah. I don't know. Regardless, A plus theory here.
0: Great minds think alike, Michael.
1: I don't know. I don't
2: know if these are great minds, but That's at some say minds, <laughs> some <laughs> minds think alike.
1: <laughs> uh, next comment is from Cannibal, spelled with a K and two N's, but not where you think. <laughs> <laughs> Solid theory here, specifically with the amp reverb tank and the tone generator, which would have been revolutionary at the time. These could be continuity errors, but there is sufficient evidence to suggest that Martin Berry. That's Marvin. what his name is right Martin barry and the starlighters if not time travelers themselves were directed by someone with an agenda to see to it that marty was successful in reuniting his parents relationship if there is ever a if there's ever a continuation i suspect this theory will possibly play a role in explaining how the mcfly brown timeline was essential to making sure certain events played out the way they did definitely something there that either was not seen to its conclusion, or just a set of variables that makes the theory plausible from poor research on set.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. How uh, have... good of a yeah.
1: researcher? How good of a researcher is Robert Zemeckis? Uh, he... Anybody know?
0: Not any better than he as good as Cameron James
1: Cameron. Because... <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Styrel fourteen says, "But why risk purposefully locking the keys in the trunk?" The OP I sphincter replies. Perhaps to set up the charade of the cut hand while prying the trunk open. The cut hand was critical in getting Marty on stage, which was integral to their plan. Uh, another comment, Dodrio Hedron. In Back to the Future Part 2, Doc has this line. Unbelievable that old Biff could have chosen that particular date, November 12, 1955. It could mean that... That point in time inherently contains some sort of cosmic significance, almost as if it were the temporal junction point for the entire space-time continuum. This Hmm. is another data point that a second time traveler independently chose to go back to that same time. So if two, why not three? Why not more?
0: Like a nexus event?
1: Perhaps. Perhaps. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, One more comment from StonegoldX. I think I figured out the missing piece to your fan theory, a time traveler, ensuring that the music legends learn the songs that will propel them to fame and fortune to save the space-time continuum. Apparently this was a story uh, explored in Bill and Ted, when the Battle of the Bands, whatever. Oh, don't mind, ignore that, get rid of that. There's a reason why I didn't put that in there, okay. All right, so uh, real quick, like do do you guys consider The historical inaccuracies in the equipment as, you know, decent evidence to this theory or easy enough to uh, bat away as um, oversight, poor oversight on the uh, researchers' part?
2: For me, it's not that big a deal. I think it leans more into the just poor oversight on... Whoever researched this stuff, okay. I don't think it's that significant.
0: I 100% agree. I mean, how many people are going to know those facts about the mm-hmm. instruments and and the amps?
1: The same amount of people that knew the facts about the Titanic <laughs> that we all uh, yeah, rated that theory genius or plausible. Just Honestly,
2: when I when I read this theory, I it. I was into it until they started talking about all the instruments and gear and equipment and stuff. And I was like, okay, you lost me because I don't well,
1: care. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know any of that stuff either. Like, I don't yeah. – I played guitar. I don't know what any of that means. But I think just yeah. – they're just setting up the inaccuracy. Like, I didn't know what the port and Santa Monica whatever or the lake – I didn't know about those. But it's just yeah, good good points to support their theory. Okay, uh, well, this has been some good discussions. We're probably, let's see. Great, Scott, we've already been recording for 20 minutes. Let's go to a break. Don't worry, Spencer. Where we're going, we don't need transitions.
0: There is a corner of Los Angeles
2: where dreams are brought to life. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. Where
1: legends are
2: made. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive.
1: For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories tales of heroism, villainy, betrayal, passion, tragedy, and triumph that, when sewn together, form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood, available now wherever you get podcasts. How would you like to challenge your little grey cells while reveling in the vintage perfection of David Suchet's Poirot? If so, then the Labors of a Ecule podcast was made for you. We're taking a deep dive into every episode of this masterpiece of television and giving you the clues you need to solve the case along with Poirot himself.
2: We present the case and you solve it.
1: Whether you're a detective in the making,
2: or if you just simply want to gush over the genius and art decodence of
1: Agatha Christie, then subscribe to now to the Labours of Hercule, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So right before the break, you guys were both Doc Brown. So who does that make me? Einstein. <laughs> bark,
2: bark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man <laughs> either Einstein or uh, Marvin Berry those are the only two logical okay
0: as long options. as I'm not Jennifer so I don't just sleep on the front porch for the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> oh man
1: okay um, so let's let's write this theory um, Ma- Lara though she does have a tendency to sleep on our front porch as she will be the first to admit so um, Laura, you look a little sleepy, and usually takes. This Michael. is
0: pitiful. This is absolutely pitiful. I was trying to go with the Doc Brown thing. Okay.
1: Oh. Anyway, oh. How would you like to do it?
0: I said that about like, you were both Doc Brown. So what does that make me?
1: Okay, and I thought we, we were done rip with that. We could off
0: of that, but then nobody kept going with what I was improvising. Well, I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't know where you were going. Well, apparently, we don't need roads where it was though. The highest rating that we have is genius. This
2: is reserved for only the best theories, which we believe are better than the actual canon. The next step down is plausible. It's a good theory. It's believable. Unlikely is next. It's not a terrible theory, but pretty unlikely, as the name suggests. And then the last thing is preposterous. These are the theories that are just stupid. Basically, we're all dumber for having listened to them.
0: Okay, so this theory, it seems like, Spencer, do you want to give us your rating first?
1: Uh, I'll poll the audience. Who wants me to go first?
0: I'm fine with you going first.
1: They know you did not raise your hand. Who wants to go? me to go first? All right. Oh, just Laura. Michael, you're the tiebreaker. Okay, sure. I'll go first. I think this is plausible. I think there's just enough information uh, to this theory, support, evidence, that uh, actually more to this one that we've given other theories that were also considered genius. Um, There's more evidence. I like all the evidence, and I don't think that there are any holes. Uh, But it's also not so airtight that I would give it a genius. But it's still close. At least the concept is close to it. But my uh, ultimate bottom line rating is plausible that Marvin Berry and the Starlighters, or at least one of them, is a time traveler.
2: Yeah, there are some holes that What's I hole? can poke in it. Uh, we already discussed it about what, what? um let me scroll back up to the theory. Um well first off the whole um, truck and van thing doesn't matter. Um the the fact that Marvin and the are the, the not Marvin but the the Starlighters were able to Play along with Marty, even though he told them the wrong key. That doesn't track for me because if you're a good enough musician, you can you can pick up and go with whatever. It's not a hole, Um, though.
1: It's a dent. It's an explanation. A hole (laughs) is something that's like completely makes the theory impossible.
2: So yeah, I just there's a lot that. Is a bit of a stretch, I'll say, for me. But that being said, I still like this theory, and I'm going to go with plausible.
0: I'm giving it an unlikely. Uh, he, the theorizer, is saying that it's ample evidence to show that there were time travelers who were at the dance not only to play a killer set, but rather among numerous possible motives to ensure that Marty was successful in his mission. To reunite his parents. Did they explain why that's so important to them? Why would Marvin and the Starlighters care?
1: So that the universe doesn't implode. Uh, without having been in the perfect place at the perfect time, Marty would cease to exist, and perhaps the entire universe would have imploded. I mean, it's it's the same, the same reasoning behind, well, why does it matter if Rose jumps off the ship? Why does Jack need to go save her? I, I'm not using that as like, I'm just saying... It, we don't have that information, but there is a what I think is a plausible reasoning for it that maybe for some reason, if Marty doesn't do this, the universe implodes.
0: Hmm. I don't know. There's something about this theory that I don't particularly like it. There's just oh. something about it that I'm sitting here going, nah, this isn't quite doing it for me. But, I mean, at the same time, I guess you're right that... I can't say that it's wrong, so I'll give it a plausible, but it is so close to unlikely for me just because I don't like it, but mm. I also, I can't deny it, I guess. I just, like, there wasn't a better way for Marvin to get Marty to play than to slice his hand open with
1: yeah.
0: a flathead screwdriver.
1: Well, do we see How him bleed? How
0: yeah. that would be.
1: Do oh we see God. the injury? I don't remember.
0: Well, I
2: mean, uh, I think there's a brief flash of it, I but think it they cuts all look to at it as he wraps shot it up from behind. Well, that's just yeah.
1: why he like he has cuts his hand and quotes that if that was an, intention, an intentional ruse, if this was planned, he would have some way to fake it. Well, I've. Said I, I mean, my yeah, piece. there are a lot of logical leaps you have to make to say it's plausible, and
0: yeah, I've said my piece
1: you are a peaceful person most of the time as are we all except michael michael is a peaceful person all of the time <laughs> right uh, and since i said michael is a peaceful person all of the time that means the theory the episode is almost over but before it is over i have a fascinating fact from a movie that i found i give marvel a lot of grief sometimes um, mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's good to give them even more grief, uh, <laughs> but also at the expense of DC films as well. Um, which is why I had to pause when I was scrolling through Reddit and saw this little fact, this fa- fascinating movie detail from user Kelsey Queen ninety six. And this is crazy; I had no idea, uh, and I bet you all will be surprised when you hear it too. Mm hmm. <clears throat> Taika Waititi. Is in Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. This is foreshadowing the fact he went on to make a superhero movie of the same quality as Green Lantern. Oh. <laughs> I guess he's Which referring. One are they talking about? I'm pretty sure he's refer, referring to Love and Thunder.
0: Oh,
2: That's false. That's sad. <laughs> I don't know. I, huh? I never. Love and Thunder was really good. I never
1: saw. I never had like a huge major issue with Green Lantern, so. It wasn't the best, but I didn't think it was any wor- worse than Love and Thunder.
0: Yeah. I didn't think they were I'll any to worse watch it again. Than, Man- than Multiverse of Madness.
1: <laughs> Michael's staying quiet.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this has been
1: Fan... For the listeners th- out there, I loved all those movies.
0: <laughs> this has been Fan Theory Queries. I'm Laura.
1: I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. In our next episode, another installment of Freaky Fridays, we ask, is the 1991 movie the Adams Family, a large-scale ritual to return Uncle Fester to his corporeal form? Subscribe to Fan Theory Queries so you don't miss out on that and other fascinating fan theories.
2: Fan
0: Theory Queries is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West, Art Smart, and attaboy, Clarence!